This podcast is brought to you by Ignite Me. Ignite Me is a boutique fitness studio in Solana Beach, California. Aerial yoga, group fitness at its best. Go to www.igniteme.com to sign up for your guest pass. This is the Me Project, weekly discussions with leaders in the wellness community. Visit us online at themeproject.live. All right, guys. Well, we are here live at Ignite Studios in beautiful Solana Beach, and we are so honored, and it's a true pleasure to have Dr. Catherine Zagoni. Zagoni. Zagoni on um, the Me Project podcast today. She is from the Holistic Fertility Method, a naturopathic doctor and just an all-around awesome human being, a good friend, and I'm very blessed to know her. Um, So, yeah, Dr. Zagoni, welcome. Thank you, Carlos. Yeah. I'm so excited to be here. We're we're stoked to have you. So, and you can still call me Doctor Z. Doctor Doctor Sita is really <laughs> Doctor Sita. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we'll dive right into it. Um, I want to start with your background. Where are you from? Where were you born? Tell us a little bit about your upbringing. Well, you just opened a can of worms asking Uh-oh. where I was born. Uh, so I was born at home. Nice. Um, in Chicago, like in the city of Chicago, at my parents' house where they were living in an apartment in the oh, city. I love that. Um, so born in a bedroom. Uh, in Chicago. And since we're going down that road, I was also breastfed till I was four. So for any of those who are still listening after this point, um, you'll, you'll definitely be jiving with me if you're, <laughs> if you're not totally freaked out by that. I um, love that. That's so, <laughs> the more I learn about you, the more exciting this gets. Yeah, because you guys have a little baby coming soon. We have a little so. baby coming. We definitely plan to have a home birth. And um, I definitely plan to let him or let the baby feed as long as he wants to. I know Cool. that's kind of a weird concept for a lot of Americans, but the more I study, you know, the more I realize how not weird that is for the rest of the world. Totally. And Ariana might have something to say about that. Yeah, I'm sure. (laughs) Ultimately, she's the one feeding the kids. So we'll see. Totally, totally. Yeah. So um, I grew up in Chicago, went to college in Chicago or right outside the city at Benedictine University, graduated uh, first in my class. I saw that cum laude or whatever, right? Summa cum laude. There you go. Damn. Yep. Yeah, I'm pretty proud of that. And uh, and then moved out to Arizona to go to naturopathic medical school at the Southwest College of Naturopathic Medicine. What was your focus in undergrad? Uh, I have a bachelor's of science or a BS. Okay. um, Which all sorts of jokes can go down that (laughs) road. uh, In health science. Health science. So it really allowed me to do all of the pre all of the like pre med program, but Mm -hmm. also incorporate the more holistic aspect like psychology and nutrition, which isn't on the normal pre med track. Right. Awesome. So that's why I chose that. And was there any specific reason you chose Arizona? Uh, the universe chose it for me, actually. I was cool. supposed to start at Best Year in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And the man I was dating at the time um, couldn't get a job up, up there, but he had gotten an interview in Tempe. Cool. And he's like, hey, isn't there a school down there? We both went down, interviewed on the same day. He got the job. I got in. And we were like, oh, yeah, like this is where we're supposed to be. And the sun was way better, you know, the sun and the, the desert and the dry the warm. desert heat. Yeah. I mean, yeah. coming from Chicago, it was, it was awesome, huh? I knew that was the right choice. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, so I was out there for four, four plus years um, in school the whole time. So I didn't get to kind of explore quite as much as I would have liked to, but I definitely enjoyed myself. And that was your ND program? That was my ND program. Cool. So trained as a primary care physician specializing in natural medicine. And um, after that, really like week, two weeks after graduation, moved out to California and um, just kind of hit the ground running. Tell me a little bit about your family. I mean, it seems like you have a very open-minded and naturally based family with a home birth. Um, I've had the pleasure of meeting your sister and I think your cousin, right? Uh, my, I think you met my brother too. Your brother too, yeah. Yeah. Tyler, is that your brother? No, Tyler is my cousin. Tyler's my brother cousin. is Michael. Oh, Mike. I did meet here. Michael. Yeah. He came for that. We were uh, over Fuego at Fidel's. Fridays. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cool. Um, so yeah, tell us a little bit about your family, your your mom and dad, and and how how that influenced where you're at today. Totally. So my parents have been married over 30 years now, um, and just have been the my hugest cheerleaders. Like always, taught me I could do anything in the world that I wanted to do. Um, I've always been a, a bit of a perfectionist, and when I say a bit, I mean a lot. Mildly OCD. My not not really OCD, <laughs> but just um, always like pushing myself and kind of struggling with never feeling like I was good enough or was doing enough. Um, and that is one of the reasons I've been successful, but it's also been a huge stressor on my life. And so that's shifted in and the last few years. you are firstborn, correct? I'm the oldest, yeah. yeah I'm the firstborn. Um, but I remember, like, getting straight A's in elementary school and my dad having to, like, sit me down and be like, we love you, 
and you are amazing and you're doing a great job. I just want to make sure that you're not just trying so hard in school because you think that's what we want to see. Like we want you to be happy and anything you do in life, I want it to do. I want you to do it for you. Wow. And I mean, with that being my foundation, it's really been, I mean, it's, I think that's like the most empowering thing he probably could have said to me. Absolutely. Um, I don't think I've ever heard of a parent telling their kid, it's okay for you not to do as good <laughs> as you're doing in school. Totally. Is, and, and with a really cool flip on it, just to pursue whatever you love. Definitely. And then, um, both of my parents so honoring of each other and my mom was a stay at home mom for 20 years. And did a lot of volunteer work with Lil H.A. League, supporting other moms in breastfeeding. Now she's a lactation consultant and has her own business. And um, just my my family has been so honoring of trusting nature and trusting your intuition and also, also taking kind of a bit of an analytical approach in um, seeing the whole picture and seeing where you fit in. So my dad was an engineer for... 20-something years and um, was maybe not as connected to his intuition, but was very supportive of my mom trusting her intuition, which was beautiful for me to see. She's been this beautiful example of like um, really feminine strength and power and what that looks like in a family and always taught, you know, basically always taught us like we can do anything we want in the world, like I've already said, whether that's be a stay-at-home mom or an entrepreneur like I am now and a doctor. Um, and while I'd lo- I can't wait to be a mother someday, um, right now I'm in this phase and I'm excited to see what it'll look like when I do get to play in that realm. And I know that my family will still be supportive, whatever I choose. Um, if I could just get them to move out to California though, you know, <laughs> that might be a, maybe yeah. a few more winters and yeah, it won't I was be so say, hard. I've been to Chicago and it's nice, but I don't, <laughs> I don't ever wonder why, why people fight that definitely, moving to California. Definitely. It's nice. I want to touch on a couple of things you said, um, specifically the, the concept of trusting nature and kind of just having that faith and, and how that shaped your upbringing and, and I guess, you know, how that made you who you are. I think that's a really Mm -hmm. cool concept that I think not a lot of people even really know what it means and don't know what that feels like to trust nature. I know one of the things that, that I really enjoyed about when I first met you was your energy and your, your open-mindedness and your free spiritedness, but also your ability to focus in and have a really intelligent intellectual conversation when it comes down to some really cool topics like health and wellness and fertility and women's health and stuff like that. So totally. let's talk about trusting nature. What does trusting that really mean? Nature. Yes. So if you look at, let's look at like the out, like nature outside the animal kingdom um, and the plant kingdom and, and just everything you see outside of you, um, the birds know exactly where they're supposed to fly and for which season. Uh, the, the animals know how to find food there's not this like conscious struggle, which I think is a, a big problem in in how we view our lives. Like there's a lot of struggle and a lot of like having to make it happen. And and direction and action are great. Um, I like to think that direction and action are more effective when they're divinely inspired. Maybe not even divinely inspired, but tapped in with the alignment of nature, with the alignment of intuition. So um, could you say maybe even just naturally inspired? Naturally inspired, yeah. exactly, yeah. Cool. Yeah, it doesn't, whatever you believe or don't believe, it's it's just kind of the way nature is like perfectly orchestrated. And when we look in the, the nature within ourselves, like we are part of nature and like you get a cut. Yeah. Your body knows exactly what to do to heal. Yeah. Like you don't have to like sit there and like coach it to heal. <laughs> um, maybe certain foods might make it happen faster or certain activities, putting things on it or not putting things on it, open, closed. You know, there's... There are inspired actions that that help nature m- move more in alignment or move more effectively, um, but really nature knows what to do. And so I feel like, and what I've seen with, with my patients and with myself and just with my whole community that I interact with is that the more you can get, get yourself in alignment with the natural flow um, and allow the nature within you to be trusted – um, the healthier you can be, the less stressed you can be. And we all, I mean, every study on stress coming out now is showing that it kind of, it, it definitely affects every chronic disease and how meditation and other. Just overall health. Overall health. Yeah. Totally. Happiness. Yeah. Happiness is a huge piece of health. Sleep. Sleep. Yes. And how meditation and other activities that, um, that lower stress levels and get you back in tune with yourself and with nature are incredibly effective for health, 
for happiness, um, for business advancement, for, for getting tuned in to figure out what are your next steps so that that knowing what to do next comes more easily and is more effective and a better use of your time and energy. Very cool. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, we kind of already talked about kind of the next step, which is how you got into natural medicine and kind of the things that motivate you. But let's touch on that a little bit more. And um, did you always know you wanted to be a, a doctor, a naturopathic doctor? Was that something you went into, you know, 19, you're going to, you're going to uh, <laughs> college for the first time? It seems like you had your path pretty dialed in. Yeah, so I would say... I had wanted to be a, a number of things through junior high and high school. And junior year of high school, I I knew I wanted – I'm like, I'm good in science. Like, I'm smart. I'm good with people. I do feel like going – becoming a doctor could be a way that I could really contribute to the world. And I had heard about naturopathic medicine, didn't really know what it was. Um, I remember doing an interview for some, some award that I had won uh, – when I was in high school and saying like, oh yeah, I'm going to be a naturopathic doctor without really knowing what it was. And once I actually looked it up, I was like, oh yeah, that's exactly what I want to do. Um, and it, so but, real quick, let's explain that for, I think there's a lot of people that have no idea what that is. They think of naturopathic oh, yeah. medicine and they're like, oh, isn't that like the person like at the vitamin store that like <laughs> recommends what supplements to take? And so for those of our listeners that have absolutely no idea Mm-hmm. of what's out there other than their regular MD, what, what is a naturopathic doctor? So a naturopathic doctor or an ND or an NMD, naturopathic medical doctor or a naturopathic physician, depending on what state you're in, is, a, is someone who's, they've done all the prereqs for medical school and they've completed a four-year full-time naturopathic medical program. Um, so just like regular medical school, there are... You've got all the basic sciences and the medical, the clinical and medical sciences. So, biochemistry, physiology, pathology, pathophysiology, um, dissected a number of cadavers, uh, looked at all sorts of slides from different parts of the body. Um, so, hands-on work, classroom work, and then clinical training as well. So, we have two years. Actually, now the programs are more than two years of clinical training. So, internships, rotations, where we're working under attending physicians actually working with the patients. So just like an internship um, for an MD, they might do a surgical rotation or Mm -hmm. they might do um, a gynecology rotation or primary care. Our training is is in a lot of the same areas. We don't do surgical rotations unless someone wants to do that. But we have mostly primary care training and and then some specialty training. So I have some gynecology training. I have some fertility training. I did some midwifery training. Um, because that's what I, how I wanted to focus my, my program. I knew that was what I love women's health. And, um, we take a number of board exams at different parts of school, just like MDs do. Mm -hmm. Um, what's different is that not only do we have to learn all the basics and all of the same things that the MDs do, the diagnostics, the physical exam, the diagnosing, um, and the farm, we do learn the pharmaceutical piece as well. We have to know that. Uh, but we also learn all the natural modalities. So how do we find the root cause of what's going on with someone? And then how do we address that? So we have thousands of hours of nutrition, of physical medicine, which might look more like movement, or it might look like hands-on work, tissue, soft tissue work, manipulation like a chiropractor might do. Um, I also have training in oriental medicine and, chi- and acupuncture. We've, we do hydrotherapy, botanical medicine, uh, homeopathy, there's, there's, we have this whole toolbox that we really get to pull from in order to help our patients find the root cause, address the root cause, and allow them to create their lives and their health in the way that they want to. That's awesome. A couple of things you said that I, that I want to just focus on um, that really are the things that excite me about naturopathic medicine and I guess bum me out about about non naturopathic medicine. You know, you talked about addressing the root cause, mm-hmm. and I think that is one thing that is really overlooked in in Western medicine. And you know, in my experience with doctors, and most of my clients and friends' experience with doctors, you know, they you go in there and they're taught. You know, it's not I won't say it's their fault, but they're taught to address the symptom and prescribe a drug to treat the symptom. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the basis and that's the main understanding of most of my medical experiences. And it's really unfortunate. I think a lot of them are doing a disservice to their patients by not even asking some of these questions. Why is this happening? You know, what else could be going in life? Um, You talked about the training. I think you said thousands of hours of nutritional training. 
hundreds of hours of nutritional training? Yeah, definitely. I mean, between classroom and like actual in the clinic working with patients on a nutritional level, a food is medicine basis. At this point, it's definitely thousands of hours. And and that's so huge. You know, my my personal beliefs on on food as medicine is is so huge. Um, And the power that I've seen that nutrition can have on illnesses and and Mm -hmm. all kinds of things is really big. And it bums me out when you ask a normal doctor, you know, how much nutrition they've studied or Mm -hmm. how many classes on nutrition they had to take. And most of them will say very little to none. Mm -hmm. And that blows my mind and is one of the things that really excites me about naturopathic medicine and and people like yourself. Um, And just the diversity, you know, oriental medicine. You have access to knowledge and different opinions and point of views that, that are really valid and are for lack of a better term, they're, they're ancient. You know, mm-hmm. Oriental medicine has been around for how long? Over th- at least three to 5,000 years. A long freaking time. <laughs> my, my acupuncture and oriental medicine professors would be disappointed that I don't remember exactly when the Yellow Emperor's book first came out. We but, will you know. find that and put it in the show notes for, for your professors so they're not super mad at us. Craig Amrine, you better not yell at me yeah, for not no remembering. Yelling, no nasty emails. <laughs> Uh, let's dive right into your practice a little bit. Your practice, the, fer- the Holistic Fertility Method, you can check them out at theholisticfertilitymethod.com, um, is based right here in Solana Beach. And um, tell us about your practice. What is it that you guys do and how do you help your patients? Yeah, so we work with couples who want to get pregnant naturally, whether they've been struggling or not, and who want to create their healthiest baby possible, or is what I like to call the superhero baby. Yeah. So um, what we're learning now is that everything that mom and dad eat, drink, breathe, touch, feel, and think, even before conception, is affecting what genes and how those genes are passed on to their baby. And not even just one generation, but possibly two, three, four generations down the line. So what we do is we work with these couples um, to prepare for pregnancy so that when they do get pregnant, it happens easily Mm -hmm. if they're not struggling. Or if they are struggling, we help um, find why they're struggling and reverse reverse those pieces um, so that they can have the healthiest baby possible. Very cool. Uh, For those of us that aren't so educated in that, what does that mean to conceive naturally versus unnaturally? Good question. So a lot of the way it works today is if, if someone, if a couple is struggling to get pregnant, usually they'll go to their primary care doc and say, hey, we've been trying for this many months and it hasn't happened yet. What do we do? The primary care doc may run a few tests um, or they may refer to a reproductive endocrinologist. Um, if you haven't been struggling for a year, sometimes they won't do anything. Whereas, from my opinion, if, if you've been struggling more than a few months, there's something that we can look at there. Right, something um, going on. Yeah, I don't think there's a reason that couples need to struggle for a whole year before, before they get help. Um, but when you go to the reproductive endocrinologist, their options are typically to kind of override the hormone systems of the body using things like Clomid um, and then artificial methods of conception, which means maybe IUI, which is intrauterine insemination, or IVF, which is in vitro fertilization. So basically, there's a couple of, of ways in which this can happen, but sometimes they're retrieving eggs from the ovary, um, which also involves a series of hormone shots to get you to make more eggs than you normally would, and then combining the egg and the sperm um, in a Petri dish, and then implanting that... Or, and then putting that embryo into the uterus for implantation. So it's like uh, in a watered-down version, it's kind of like your sixth-grade science class. You're making, you're making stuff <laughs> in a Petri dish, and you're putting it back in the mom, and, and that's the kind of Western non-natural approach to helping people um, conceive. Right, and, and most docs, most reproductive endocrinologists don't go for that first. Some do, depending on the age of the mom. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, and what I've seen, is that there's so much that your body can do on its own once given the right environment, the right circumstances, the right um, therapies, before that, that, before that should be approached, really. Um, it's an incredible technology, and it helps thousands, maybe millions of couples get the baby that they want. Um, it's just also a very stressful, sometimes agonizing process, and it usually doesn't happen on the first time. Usually it's two to three rounds or more. Yeah, that whole process, I'm sure, can be really emotional and, absolutely. and uh, intense for the mom and dad. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. 
that's really cool. Uh, diving into how you do things now, one of the things I really liked on on your site and kind of your formula in a sense, you talk about Dr. Zagoni's fertility formula. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, I just kind of bulleted them out, but let, let's let's knock each each other out. Advanced <laughs> diagnostic testing. Um, so when someone comes to you and, and say, Doc, you know, we've been struggling for a couple months, um, how do you start with that testing? So I look at what testing they've had done already. So some, um, most people come to me and they've had a semen analysis and they've had maybe some hormone tests done. Um, I, I see if there's anything on there that shows up for me. So I use different ranges than would show up on just like a normal lab. And um, then I also run what I call my advanced tests. So things that most doctors, well, naturopathic doctors use them, but like any primary care doc or reproductive endocrinologist may not even know about. So one of my favorites is called the micronutrient panel by Spectracell. Mm -hmm. So it actually looks at every vitamin, mineral, um, there's amino acids, fatty acids within a cell to see what your nutritional status is. And it's a reflection of four to six months. So it's not like we're taking your blood and what happens to be in there at at this one point in time. Which could be different tomorrow. Exactly. It's a really good measure of your nutrient status. And so when I see something show up on there, like a selenium deficiency or a magnesium deficiency, um, I can I, with, I combine that with like my knowledge of biochemistry, medical biochemistry, to know which pathways are being impeded and then what do we need to do to replenish. So we start with food, then supplementation, and then if depending on how bad it is or if you're not able to absorb nutrients through the gut, through digestion, we may consider um, IV nutrition or... I am nutrition, which is like a vitamin shot. Um, so there's, so I love that test because there's so many different deficiencies that could be impacting fertility, whether it's through hormone balance or blood sugar balance or um, inflammatory environment in the uterus. Um, those are really the building blocks of health, and you need to have all of them so that you're healthy enough and so that you can have those building blocks to make a healthy baby. To make a healthy human. Yes. How does that test work um, if it's really focused on the cellular level? I assume it's not just a blood draw, is it? It is a blood draw. Okay. It's a blood draw, um, and they look inside the white blood cells. Ah. Yeah. So they break, they get really down to the cellular level of the white blood cells. And it takes about two and a half weeks to come back because because of the extensiveness of the test. But the information is super valuable. It sounds. It sounds like something even I want to do, and I already have a kid on the way. <laughs> um, the next step you talk about is the fertile home. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that and what what could make a home unfertile, or maybe more importantly, what makes a home more fertile. Definitely. Unfortunately, rates of infertility have been rising. They've doubled across all age groups in the last 20 years. So even 18 to 21-year-olds' infertility rates have doubled. So when we look at what has been going on in that last 20 years, um, a number of things have been going on, but a huge one is environmental chemicals. And a lot of what we use in our home gives us exposure to those chemicals. So for example, plastics, um, using plastic food containers, especially hot food in plastic food containers, or putting those in the microwave to heat things up. Um, Those plastics may contain BPA, bisphenol A, which a lot of us have heard about, so we see the BPA-free. Well, guess what they're replacing BPA with? All kinds of other stuff that's bad for us. Exactly. (laughs) BPS, which has a similar um, chemical profile. And so those act like estrogens in the body and throw off everything from estrogen-progesterone balance to how your liver can clear hormones to um, even blood sugar balance. Like how well your body can regulate blood sugar can be affected by, by those plastics. So that's just one example. So we go. Th- so I go through the entire home. I have a sixty-point checklist, um, and then I drip the information to my couples over a series of weeks, so they're not overwhelmed, but so they can take. They're not like, oh my god, I have to move. Yeah. <laughs> totally, yeah. totally, totally. Um, and it, it, so they can kind of see where things might be hiding in their home that they might not think to check. Right. Um, so that they really can be create their healthiest home for themselves and for their baby coming in. And, it w- I mean, it seems natural to me, but the, the obvious better choice, in your opinion, would be glassware? Glass is my favorite. Yeah. Stainless steel is good. Sometimes they coat the inside of stainless steel with BPA, but they've stopped doing some of that. Glass is my absolute favorite for putting food in, putting water in, tea, um, 
one really quick, can I just share like one really quick tip? You for, sure can. Okay. So here's like the, what I see is the biggest exposure to, to BPA and to plastics or BPA free plastics. So even my couples who drink coffee, I don't necessarily tell them to quit coffee. What I do tell them to do is to take the plastic lid off of the coffee. Because when you have a hot, acidic liquid flowing through a soft, malleable plastic, that's a huge exposure to BPA or BPS or phthalates or whatever chemicals happen to be in that lid. So all you daily Starbucks people, (laughs) buy your own glass cup or just take the lid off. Yeah, and glass straws too, those plastic straws. Get rid of those. too. Cool. I like that. Quick tip number one from Dr. (laughs) Zagoni. Um, Moving on to the next step, the next two steps that actually really um, fascinate me because they're definitely in line with my world. The the first one's going to be nutrition, Mm -hmm. um, which I know is is a very powerful tool. And I'm sure you meet a lot of women that are struggling to get pregnant that really just don't even know how to eat. Mm -hmm. Um, So what do you recommend and and what would a, a fertile diet look like? That's a great question. And my first answer is that it's individualized. So not everyone should be eating the same things. So some people do better on a more vegan-style diet or vegetarian. Other people do better on a more paleo-style diet. And how do you as a doctor decide that for the patient? We look at things like blood type, metabolic type, um, any disease conditions. So autoimmune disease patients um, who are struggling with fertility, we have to handle that autoimmune piece. So I typically, one of the first things I'll pull out is gluten and grains. So they tend to go, I tend to push them more paleo. Um, And again, paleo being like very high quality when you're eating animal products, just for anyone who isn't totally on the paleo bandwagon yet, everything, every, every diet needs to be super high quality. Um, So no packaged processed foods, that's kind of like the base and tons of veggies. And then animal products or plant-based protein, depending on how people respond and, and whatnot. We also look at food allergies. So if you're eating things that you think are healthy, even I just had a patient who um, spinach and celery came back on their food allergy panel. Really? Like who would have thought that their immune system is reacting to spinach, to spinach and celery? Do you think it's because they've eaten so much spinach that they've built up a tolerance or they were just born with a spinach sensitivity? I don't think it's a, that they were born with a spinach sensitivity. Um, what I see more... This particular patient, I wouldn't say had leaky gut, but sometimes um, the patients do have leaky gut. So they st- food molecules don't get broken down entirely and get through the border, the lining of the intestines and get into the bloodstream and then your immune system reacts. Um, so it, it could be like a random food that just didn't get bre- broken down and now your immune system starts reacting to it. And unless you pull it out and heal the gut... Um, you're going to continually have that like low-grade inflammation from your immune system constantly making antibodies to something that should be good for you. Sure. I want to touch real briefly on one thing that I've been a little obsessed with lately is the blood type issue that you talked about. Uh-huh. I, um, I was turned on to kind of the blood type diet, and, and I guess the downside of it is that in what I've heard at least, there's really not a lot of research supporting that there's there's some but correct me if i'm wrong what what is your knowledge and and um opinion on that stuff the blood type diet there are a couple of really good points with that so one is that whether you necessarily follow it for your blood type or not it's a very good healthy diet because you're getting a lot of good nutrients whole foods a ton of veggies like a nutrient dense diet um what I like about it as far as the research component, so I've, I've done a number of trainings through um, a few different organizations and companies that have a lot of the research from Dr. Diadamo, who was the one who started doing the research on it and was the one who kind of like, he, well, he wrote the books and has kind of gone deeper into the science and used epigenetics to look at how these things called lectins um, are affecting the interaction of our food and our blood cells and other biochemical factors in the body. So there is research. Some of it is published in peer-reviewed journals under, it's not called the blood type diet, of course. Um, it would be something more like lectin reactivity in, in I don't know how it would end. <laughs> but there's, For those interested, we will provide some links to that stuff in the show notes um, for those interested in reaching. Can you tell us the doctor's name again? Dr. D. Adamo, Dr. Peter D. Adamo. Cool. And um, there's actually a local doc, um, a good friend of mine, his name is Dr. Ryan Partovi. He speci- he's done extensive training and research in the blood type diet and in what's called personalized and genomic medicine. Awesome. Um, he's, Sounds like a really cool guy. Yeah, his office is right down the street from mine. He's He is a really cool guy. 
Um, so we chat from time to time on, uh, on things like the blood type diet. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to pick his brain one day. Mm -hmm. Um, the next kind of bullet point or topic in, in Dr. Zagoni's fertility formula is movement. And obviously this is one that excites me being a, a trainer and kind of a movement guy. Um, but I know a little bit about your philosophy. And one of the things I really like is that, you know, movement is, is very, is a broad umbrella. It doesn't mean go to the gym and get healthy. And that's one of the things that, you know, in my world, a lot of times people get stuck in this, I need to go to the gym. I have to do my workout in the gym. But what I really try to tell people is what you really need to be doing is just something you love. And, you know, I know you're, you're a avid belly dancer, a performer. Mm -hmm. Um, so tell us a little bit about movement and how you share your philosophies on movement with your clients. Definitely. Um, so sometimes there is like the exercise piece that's necessary. I mean, it's always necessary, but it's going to vary. What I've found lately is that movement is really a tool for embodiment. So what I see with a lot of my women, a lot of my soon-to-be mamas-to-be, is they don't necessarily have a problem going to the gym and exercising or you know, lifting some weights or going to yoga, but they have a problem utilizing their bodies in a way that really supports their femininity and their fertility. Um, so here's a contrast. The High-intensity interval training, like what you guys do at the Ignite Me studio, is really great for certain conditions, um, for balancing blood sugar, for promoting hormone balance. Um, But to balance that, that's definitely a more intense, almost like a more masculine-style workout. And for, for women who are trying to get pregnant, there's an element of getting the hormones in balance that has to do with um, being able to receive feeling good in their bodies, feeling attractive in their bodies, feeling sensuality in their bodies. And so I use belly dance or what I've kind of created fertility dance to help them get into that sensuality of being present in their bodies at all times and using movement to feel sexy, to feel empowered, to um, move through some of the emotions and some of the energetics where... It's not just about balancing hormones. It is doing that because you're getting all of the physiological effects of exercise. You're also moving more blood and lymph in the pelvis, which helps the reproductive organs. Belly dance was originally um, created for women's reproductive health and for kind of like a, almost like a ceremonial peace, enjoyment, fun, connection to nature, connection to yourself. And so where I see it most valuable is in, in the embodiment and really getting into your body and feeling good in your body and not just like pounding it out at the gym or sure. not just like, you know, sprinting up, up hills doing, um, I don't know, what, what would that be called if you're running? Hill what? sprints. Hill sprints. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Carlos, the fitness expert for that. <laughs> and I really like your approach to that. Um, you know, I've had the pleasure of hosting some of your uh, belly dancing events and it's really cool to see just how strong some of these women look and mm-hmm. how they how how they carry themselves after a couple weeks you know I think we did a was it an eight-week belly dancing class yeah. and I remember meeting some of the girls at first and I think just me being there was kind of awkward for them as it <laughs> is but towards the end after I'd seen them a few times it was really interesting to see how they carry themselves and how excited and just how vibrant they look towards the end of the sessions and definitely it definitely brings out like that inner radiance yeah and yeah. that's cool um, moving into one of most people's favorite type of movement, um, you talk about sacred sexuality. Mm, yes. Um, and the big <laughs> smile comes to your face. And I know we've had some pretty fun conversations about this kind of stuff in the past, but let's dive into that and how that relates to your practice and how that relates to, you know, natural fertility. Yes. Uh, so f- the first piece of that program is we actually start with the mama to be. Um, I feel like a lot of women in... Western culture and maybe in other cultures are very stifled in this area and in feeling comfortable expressing their sexuality and feeling comfortable sometimes even being naked. That's huge. Um, Just talking about it, I think, is really tough for a lot of people. Definitely. And and connecting with those reproductive organs. So as a woman, I know I spent a number of years like hating my uterus every month when I would (laughs) get my period. Um, And the messages that we send to our body affect our physiology. And so the sacred sexuality piece starts with the woman honoring what, who she is and what she has physically and connecting into that sensuality and sexuality in herself first. Um, once she has built up a comfort and an opening 
Then we do uh, some work with the couple to create intimacy um, so that the process, because a lot of the couples I see are struggling and sex becomes this thing where it's like, you know, you see like the, the OPK, the ovulation predictor kit, like is time. It's time. So it's like, go, go, go. We got to do it now. Like I have 10 minutes before work, which is not a conducive. yeah, Yeah. It's not fun. It's not, it's not enjoyable. And it's not the best experience for bringing in like this conscious little baby soul into your body. Um, you really want to honor the experience and the process. This is like, you're going to remember this moment for your entire lifetime. Like this is what's creating that life that you're about to bring into the world. Like, how do you want to start the process of your interaction with this life? Um, so, uh, we create through, through some videos and through, um, some different techniques, we give the couple the opportunity to really connect on a deeper emotional, sometimes spiritual level. If they're, if they're ready for that, if they're into that, um, so that they can co-create an experience together that is conducive for co- optimal conception. And I had a, a talk with Dr. Roy Dittman, who's the author of the Brighton Baby um, program and book, which is about having an extraordinary child in a, in a toxic world. And he was a, a Taoist monk for over a decade, I think, in Tibet. And what he shared with me is that the ancient wisdom that he learned is that that moment of conception when the egg and the sperm actually connect um, determines the baby's constitution, that child's constitution for the for their entire lifetime, wow. and that the things that improve that child's constitution are the connectedness of the couple at that time. Um, so, what, like, what state they're in emotionally and how connected they are, connected the, with each other, with each other. So, like, are our eyes closed and you're you're just kind of like trying to get it done, or is it like deep? connection on an eye level, on a heart level, on a spirit level. Like you guys are looking each other in the eye making a baby. Yeah, like yeah. you're deciding that this is the moment that's going to change your life. Yeah. Um, and that some of the ways to optimize that are in- increasing the masculine and feminine polarity. So um, it doesn't necessarily have to be the man is the more masculine, but honoring what's more natural within you and creating that that pull and that attraction so the connection but also that that like physical attraction that you just like this is the person this is your partner and you are co-creating this this life together in this moment and honoring that it's magical so that's what i call conscious conception which starts with sacred sexuality Uh, another piece we briefly touched on i know it's another part of your formula and I would imagine, I mean, I know personally it's a big part of my well-being, but it's the emotional well-being aspect. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, unfortunately, I think we live in a world where there's a lot of people that are just emotionally unstable. Um, there's a lot of parents that are emotionally unstable. So I'm sure there's a lot of couples that are emotionally unstable. Um, and, you know, you talked about your training and how it differs from from a regular MD. And part of that was the the psychological training and that kind of stuff. So how does that play into, you know, fertility, um, and I guess being fertile from an emotional standpoint. Mm, Yeah. So I like to say that the body is a faithful puppy dog to the mind and to the heart. Yeah. So the things that you think and feel are affecting your physiology, especially when they're repetitive. And we often have beliefs, um, or patterns that we may not even know exist from either a trauma or from interactions with our parents that can be stifling our emotional expression and can be stifling our, um, our health and our happiness. And we might, we might not even know. So not only is it important for getting into your optimal state, but things that can specifically affect fertility. Um, I had a patient who, and I've talked about this a number of times, but, um, one of my first, the first patients I saw, her mother passed away when she was 15, and since that point, her periods had been totally off. Um, and we were working on some fertility stuff, and what came up in like our third or fourth visit was that she actually and she broke down in tears in the office, and she's like, "I I have this fear that if I have a baby, I will die early, like my mom did." And that was just this deep ingrained fear, you know, that yeah. she couldn't turn off, and she, that she didn't even realize right. until we kept like probing a little bit deeper, a little bit deeper, a little bit deeper, and so so almost her body was like on autopilot to like be to protect her yeah Yeah, every our bodies are continuously trying to protect us and adapt us to our environment so when we figure out what they're protecting us from and what they're trying to adapt to then we can change it and we can shift and the energetic piece the emotional piece i feel like once we shift that that's the most profound because then it starts changing your physiology um nutrition 
takes, you know, a little while to replenish. Detox takes a little while to get the trash out. Mm-hmm. But the emotional piece, sometimes it takes a little bit longer than others. But when you have that breakthrough, it's like, it's almost like a high. It's a light bulb moment. It is a yeah. light bulb moment that like you are free and you get to create, yeah. whether it's your baby or your business or right. your health, whatever. You just transitioned to the next point, which is the detox. I know we talked about the, the fertile home, um, but we live in a very toxic world. You know, that's just kind of the reality of it. You know, everything from BPA from our coffee lids to all the stuff that's flowing around in the air that we breathe. Um, how do you approach detoxification from a fertility standpoint? Mm, great question. So things that could be affecting fertility that we would need to detox for are having previously gone through hormonal treatments like Clomid for IVF or IUI um, or being on a birth control pill for a long time or just daily exposure. Some of us detox regular, normally like our livers detox better than others based on our genetics and based on our exposure. So not only do we have... Um, like our daily exposures that we want to make sure that we're eliminating regularly, we also have a buildup in our body, kind of like a toxic bucket. So that can affect hormones, that can affect inflammation, it can affect blood sugar. Um, and some toxins are naturally eliminated faster than others. Some are stored in the fat, some are stored in bone. Could be anything from heavy metals to, um, to, to some of the pesticides that are in our food. And so the way I approach detox is it's individualized per couple, but we start with a super clean diet, so we're not putting any more garbage in, super clean home, so we're not putting any more garbage in. So basically the first thing is stop putting garbage in. Stop putting more trash in the bucket, and then we open the hole at the bottom of the bucket to get stuff out faster to lower the overall body burden. And so um, there's specific nutrients I use, specific herbs I use, um, certain hydrotherapy techniques, uh, castor oil packs are one of my favorite things. They increase blood flow to the liver and support um, support any of, any fat soluble toxins leaving through the bile and through the gut. Fiber is super important, so it's it can be super simple. And there's a whole host of things we can add to make it a little more intense, a little more uh, in depth. If somebody needs that, if their testing comes back that they've got a pretty heavy burden and we need to do saunas. Touching a little bit on the detox, one thing that that was really important for me before my wife and I conceived was hormone therapy. And, um, my mom has dealt with cancer and a bunch of other things that I believe. And, and some of the doctors have told her are linked to hormone therapy and the amount of time she was on birth control. Um, let's dive into that a little bit, because I think there's a lot of women out there that, you know, are just prescribed birth control at a really young age, you know, to help control their, their menstruation or their cycles or whatever. And, and I think that is doing a lot of damage to a lot of people. Um, again, I'm not a doctor, so I would really <laughs> love to hear your perspective on that. Yes. So that's actually, there's two, two things to consider there. One, being on the birth control pill um, depletes your body of certain nutrients, specifically folate, which is incredibly important for a healthy pregnancy, um, and not folic acid. That's a whole, we could do a whole podcast on the difference between those two. And, um, and a certain B vitamins. And it also is a, the, uh, an extra hormone your body has to process. So your liver has to do extra work. Your body has to metabolize that hormone. Um, and then you're essentially turning off ovulation for the amount of time that you're on the birth control pill. Which some people is 15, 20 years. Exactly. And some people, once they get off the pill, have a hard time. Their body has a hard time getting back into it because have, it hasn't done it for so long. The beautiful thing about the body is that it, it can heal right. given the right circumstances. Um, as far as cancer risk, you, the risk with the, what's currently on the market, certain things are better than others. So there's bioidentical hormones for um, hormone replacement therapy for women struggling with menopause. Um, and these have a, a better profile than some of the synthetics that originally came out. Um, a lot of the original hormone pills, birth control and hormone replacement, have been shown to increase certain rates of certain hormonal cancers in women. Um, I always go nature first, um, sure. and there, there's so much we can do before you would need to consider hormones. But for some people, that's the best option. Um, the other piece that's important, so let's say you go on the pill not just for protection, for, for preventing pregnancy, but because you're having painful periods or acne. Now, they may your specifically, let's say PCOS. So the pill might help regulate your cycles, might help get the, some of those symptoms down, 
but the underlying process is not necessarily being handled. Which is what? Well, it depends on the condition. Sure, got typically, it. Typically, so like acne or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so typically with acne, for example, it could be a hormone imbalance, it could be a food allergy, it could be um, gut bacterial imbalance in the large intestine. It could be a host of things. Um, and when you're not addressing the root cause, that underlying cause is just building and building. So it's like you're just masking it. You're just masking it. So I I liken it to um, let's say the the smoke alarm goes off in your in your house. So you can do one of two things. You can go find the fire, assuming there's actually a fire. You know, sometimes they go off on their own. Um, assuming everything's working properly. You can go put out the fire in the kitchen or you can take the batteries out of the smoke detector. Yeah. So, you know, you don't want to hear this. Every symptom is assigned to your body that something's off. Something wants attention. Um, something needs to be brought back into balance. And that's what that smoke alarm is. Mm-hmm. So when we take a drug or we take a birth control pill for symptoms – we are basically just taking the batteries out of the smoke detector. So that fire is still burning. And eventually the second smoke detector in the next room is going to go off. So your body's going to make more symptoms because, again, we never put the fire out. Right. Um, so, again, you have a choice. Do we, you know, now it's a bigger fire. We need a little, a little more work, a little more time to put it out. Or do we just take the batteries out of the smoke detector again and add another pharmaceutical or another, another thing to kind of just treat Right to to treat that sound that symptom of of the smoke alarm. Um, I like that analogy. It's kind of like the if you just deal with the fire first, you know, you could just use your your home fire extinguisher. But if you wait too long and the alarms are going off in all the rooms, you got to call the fire department. You got to call the fire department. You need a totally, whole team to help you, right? Totally, totally. That's very cool. The next, I guess, last piece in in the the formula here, which is something that is kind of exciting because a I've never heard about it before. Um, and B, it kind of touches into some of my ancestral roots would be the Mayan uterine massage. Let's talk about mm, that. Yes. One of yeah. my favorite things. So this is a hands-on therapy. It is an ancient tradition passed down. Um, I learned from, um, a couple of docs who went and spent months, uh, a few times in Belize and studied with a, a shaman, a specialist in her trade. We'll call They're not we'll call called it. shamans down there. They're not. <laughs> Curanderos. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if shaman would be the accurate term, but, but yeah, someone a who's the and a healer, the yeah. one, the knowledge had been passed on for generations through a lineage. Um, and I've been blessed enough to be able to get that knowledge and those skills. So it's a hands-on technique, um, external work. It is a bit deeper than, um, like a regular abdominal massage, mm-hmm. I would say not always comfortable. Um, so the things that we're doing, we're repositioning the uterus so that it um, is in it's an optimal placement for enhanced blood flow, enhanced lymph flow, for implantation to carry that that baby, that pregnancy. We're also increasing blood flow to the ovaries. So when they're getting more oxygen and more nutrients, it's easier to have better hormone balance, easier to remove metabolic toxins. And um, so there's positioning, blood flow, and then there's also this beautiful energetic and emotional component. So you can't, you can never eliminate that from any work that you're doing. It's always present. It's your one being. We can't, we, we separate them out for labels to explain, but it's all one process at all times. Um, so this is one of the things that usually allows my mamas to be, to get, to be able to access some of those deeper emotional, either wounding or traumas or beliefs. There might not be like an overt trauma. It might just be a disconnection from her body. And so just having awareness in that area can be the key that unlocks everything for her. Um, and healing, healing in that area on a physical and emotional level. Um, so it's really, really quite a beautiful therapy and calling in, you know, nature. We use, we actually start by, um, I collect some leaves and we place them on different pulse points to allow that mama to, mama to be, to like feel in and really connect to the support of mother earth, like the, the original mother, the original archetype of the mother. So, yeah. yeah. I like that. That's cool. Um, well, that kind of wraps up, you know, my understanding of the uh, holistic fertility method. Is there anything else you want to add to that? Uh, the only thing I want to add is that if anyone is struggling, just know that there is so much hope. The body is amazing and incredible. And given the right circumstances, you, you, can, you can do anything, even if it's considered a miracle. Um, I totally believe in miracles. Yeah. And I've seen miracles. Yeah. 
And so I just encourage you to, um, to follow your heart and stay with the journey and find a support system, whatever that looks like for you, and know that it's totally possible. For those of you interested in getting in touch with Dr. Zagoni, the holisticfertilitymethod.com is going to be the best way to do that. Um, you talked about um, your fast and fertile gift pack. Let's talk about that a little bit. Yes. So uh, if you'd like to be part of the, the holistic fertility community, You can enter your name and email. We'll send out our um, Fast and Fertile gift pack. It comes right to your email. It includes our top 10 do's and don'ts of fertility. So really, really key things that you need to be doing right away um, for the most effectiveness. And then also you get our 60-point fertile home checklist. So you don't have to pay, I think we're doing like $1,200 for if you just wanted the fertile home um, live with me. So you can actually go through your entire home with the checklist on your own. You, you'd still have to do your own research to figure out which products to switch out, but um, it's such a vital piece. I wanted to make sure that everybody had that available. And I think we might even be adding in our fertility dance video. We'd have like a mini, a mini teaser video so that um, the mamas can just start getting into the movement and getting into their sensuality and, uh, and play with that a bit. So um, feel free to go and grab that. We also do free 30-minute consultations with my team. So if you want, if you are struggling and you want to see what it would look like to find out what's exactly going on with you and what, what it might look like to stop struggling and to have a plan and to move through the process with an entire support system, um, you can schedule that through our website. And, um, and one, of, one of our team members will be happy to, uh, to chat and hear your story and help you in, in what your next steps would be with that. And... Um, I think that's it. We do a number of webinars, we do events, we do all sorts of things. So if you if you just want um, to stay as part of the community, or if you want to jump, we do have um, what's called our fertility frequency program. So it's a group of um, my current patients, and then anyone who just wants to join, where they get a live weekly um, fertility meditation, and then the recording if you don't make it on the live call, and then a once a month fertility dance party. So we're what we're doing is actually working into the subconscious and into the physical body to um, allow those that the subconscious to kind of work for you and work towards your fertility and your healing at all times without you having to like focus on it and coach it and struggle. Um, Very cool. And it relieves stress and it's super fun. Awesome. And you get to be part of this whole community of other women and couples who are in the same boat. So, um, so if you want any more information, jump on our Fast and Fertile gift pack, get that, or give us a call at 858-876-7303 or schedule your complimentary consultation. So there's so many ways you get to connect with us. That's right. The holisticfertilitymethod.com <laughs> is the website. Uh, check them out. We're really excited. We're going to be bringing Dr. Zagoni back for our women's health series, talking about all kinds of stuff like organic birth control and organic... And diva cups. Diva cups <laughs> and organic cotton, all kinds of things that that are pretty wild from a male perspective. But if you care about any ladies in your life, definitely really, really important stuff to think about. Um, so keep your ears open for that. This is the Me Project. We're really excited to have you. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you, Carlos. Um, for those of you out there listening, you know, like our podcast, download it, tell your friends about it, review it. Uh, try to give us a five star. If, if not, it's all good. Just mm-hmm. be honest. Um, any comments, we'd love to hear from you guys. And uh, it's been a pleasure, Doc. We'll see you Thank next time. Thank you, Carlos. Bye, everybody. What's up, guys? This is Andrew from Ignite Me. I want to tell you about my friends, Grace by Grit, a premium athletic apparel brand made for women by women. Check out their store on the 101 in Solana Beach, or as an exclusive podcast listener, visit their website at gracebygrit.com and use the code XOIGNITEME to receive 25% off. That's right, 25% off of their entire collection www.gracebygrit.com This is the Me Project weekly discussions with leaders in the wellness community. Visit us online at themeproject.life